0: happy
1: halloween you are now tuned in to poppy chulo radio your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews the man who will bring justice to those who have poisoned my city my name is oliver queen the following is a poppy chulo radio original program
2: Welcome to the Star City Report, the unofficial Arrow podcast, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series. PapiChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Tuesday, October 30th, 2018, and I am your host, Brittany Garcia. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the CW series, Arrow. Please welcome my vigilante co-host, Dan O'Brien. Hello, hello. Jeffrey Aruz.
3: What happens at Slabside Fight Club stays at Slabside Fight Club.
2: Professor X. Hello. And Rohan Mattal. Hello. Alright, let's uh, jump into our recap of Season 7, Episode 3, which was titled Crossing Lines and aired on October 29th, 2018. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Still in prison, Oliver faces his biggest challenge yet. Meanwhile, Felicity gets an intriguing offer and Diggle asks Curtis to go undercover for Argus. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 7, Episode 3. The episode was viewed by 1.16 million total viewers and had a 0.4 in the demo rating. Pretty much steady ratings for this episode of Arrow. All right, guys, what was everyone's initial reaction to this episode? And let's start with you, Professor X. Uh,
4: I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought uh, it was good. It had a a really nice reveal at the end. Uh, It was nice to see uh, Samara back, uh, even though it does seem, you know, by the end of the episode, like we're not going to see her again. Uh, I remain, uh, you know, unmoved by Ricardo Diaz as a villain, let alone a big bad uh but uh i liked it we got to see uh, you know the team in action we got to see uh you know some behind the scenes stuff of how they're living their lives and uh i'm not entirely crazy about what's happening with uh with ollie behind bars but you know uh they're moving it along at a pretty good pace so um, overall i was pretty positive about it
2: wow i think you're the first to say right now that you're not enjoying the oliver ark prison thing but maybe it could just be for this episode or is that like a whole thing I know I was asking a question, but we can get into that later.
4: Yeah, I'm just not crazy about it in general. Um, And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about it in detail. But, yeah, I'm not terribly crazy about it.
2: All right, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that. So, um, Dan, you're next. What was your initial reaction to this episode?
5: I'm largely going to kind of echo the same thing. I'm not as down on the prison uh, storyline in general. But as a trope, it is kind of played out. We've seen it, you know, on more than a few DC shows. Um, and it was an all right episode. I, we're obviously going to dive into the details of you know of each of the, the sections, uh, but but i there's something about the pacing this week that just didn't sit right with me, and so I, I probably could have enjoyed it more. But you know, overall, it's still an above average episode. But um, there's something about the pacing that 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 kind of gripped a page out of my book a little bit.
2: Okay, not too bad. Um... We'll get into all the details for this type or for this episode because I do think I'm on the same page with the both of you for now. So, Rohan, you're next. What was your initial reaction to this episode?
0: So, I really liked this episode. Unlike Dan and the professor and Professor X, I really am enjoying the Oliver plotline a lot with him being in prison. And I will say, I think. The name Crossing Lines is pretty good episode title as that's kind of, if you look at all of the plot lines, all of them do involve crossing some sort of lines or boundaries. So overall, I'm pretty positive on this episode. I do have some negatives, but we'll get into that later.
2: It's probably Ricardo Diaz, isn't it? Because that's going to be mine. But <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Jeff, your last. Um how or excuse me, what was your initial reaction to the episode?
3: You know what it was a good episode it wasn 't a great episode I, I agree yeah, I would say that this episode has three plots, two of them I liked, one of them i didn't necessarily care for. I feel like the diggle one was just um I get it. We need some dial up stuff. But it just was a bit much, and I really didn't understand what Diggles' problem was. Um, and I'll get into that when we discuss it. The other two, I like the prison stuff. I still don't trust that man, and uh, I really love the... oh
6: the
2: the the little guy.
3: I, I think he's the demon, but uh, <gasps> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just, bold prediction in the initial (laughs) reaction, (laughs) and uh, I love seeing Samantha Watson again, and uh, I I just really, really liked her, yeah, so good, not great, so a a decent episode, not a uh, fantastic one.
2: Okay then, before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Arrow, here's our announcer with a few special announcements.
6: Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host, you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you.
1: This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming.
2: Thanks, announcer. Alright, we're going to start off uh, this recap uh, with Oliver's stuff. You know, the stuff that everyone's enjoying so far, at least half the half of the panel and the other half is enjoying it. I, I will say I am enjoying Oliver uh, in prison. I like what they're doing. I don't mind it. I do have some questions and some um. Well, yeah, pretty much questions, not predictions. But I will say in this episode, it wasn't my favorite thing, but we'll see what happens uh, when I ask you guys uh, yeah. to go in deeper with Oliver's arc. So um, let's get that out of the way because... It is called Arrow, it is about Oliver, so I wanted to start with that first, and then we'll just uh, go down the line with the Felicity, and Watson, and then the Diggle stuff, so pretty much what's going on with Oliver in this episode is he wants Brick to hold up the end of his deal, um, but he has to end up playing dirty, because Brick had no intention of helping Oliver at all... Either either he really didn't know anything or he does know stuff and he doesn't want to help Oliver. But anyway, um the only thing he does say is uh, the name of the person that has all the information who will know right now or we will know as the demon. Um, I thought that that was gonna be like a reference to the League of Assassins or something, but i don't I don't know, but um, that's all we get from Brick. And I'm really sad because I was kind of. Maybe this was my my problem, but I was kind of trusting him last episode, where he's like, "I, you do this for me, I do this for you." I thought that there's there was some, some kind of criminal code there, you know, like if you do something for me, I'll do. Just I just thought that Brick was a man of his word, but I guess you know, me and Oliver both got fooled. But um, throughout Oliver's arc in this episode, he learns that Brick has everyone under his control—the guards, um, the inmates, and even his like core group brick is the leader so he's in charge of i keep forgetting the name of stardust his uh character in the episode or is it in the series samson okay stardust you called him his
3: wrestling name
2: exactly i'm gonna be calling him stardust because that's what i know him as but um he's definitely in charge of stardust and he we learned that he's also in charge of uh turner which I thought was interesting. I just kind of thought that they formed their group because they're the head honchos and, you know, they're going to take down Oliver. Oliver put them in there and blah, blah, blah. But we kind of get a little bit more insight on Turner's character. Um, and I th- I thought that that was probably pretty, pretty interesting in this episode. But it, I think they dragged it a little too long. That's just me. But um, Turner helps Oliver only because he has to. And they get into the fight club, quote-unquote, and Oliver is forced to fight Stardust, and he does win, but he will not kill him, and he sets his sights, he sets his sights on Brick, and um, Brick tells him, you know, I, I, I'm only going to tell you that the guy's name is the Demon, and that's it. So Oliver finds out that he needs to get to level 2, so he injures the guards, and the episode ends for Oliver with him being transferred because of the destruction he caused uh, at the fighting pit. So, okay, Rohan, you were you were the one that said that you like Oliver's prison stuff and that you liked what happened in this episode. So give me some of your thoughts on what Oliver went through in this episode, uh, specifically more for Oliver than the Bronze Tiger stuff, because I'm going to ask that after this.
0: Okay, so I had mentioned that the title uh, was perfect for this episode, and in this episode, it was about Oliver crossing lines. He needs to know who, uh, what do they call him again? The the demon, I
2: believe? The demon. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yes. So, in order to get to the demon, they need, or Oliver has to uh, kind of push boundaries, as we heard his friends say, you know, you can't be a hero uh, not in here. So, Oliver, uh, Oliver's pushing his boundaries, and he's doing crazy things like, uh, when he fought with Stardust at the end, he broke both of his arms. Yep. And then, uh, and then when he climbed up, oh, by the way, that whole thing was spectacular, that fight, uh, and then climbing up and going to break, and then stabbing those guards. It was, it was easily my favorite scene of the episode. Uh, and over completely lost my train of thought sorry but (laughs) but yeah he's pushing his own uh mental limits for lack of a better word by doing things that he would never normally do i mean you even see that one guard i think i believe it was the very last guard that he stabs in the shoulder you see the fear on his face, and this guard is not attacking him in any way. And in this moment, Oliver is stabbing and mm-hmm. uh, a man, an innocent man uh, who works for the law. Now, granted, he's going along with Brick's little fight club, but as it stands, that guard was n- not confronting Oliver in any way, and he was. He does work for uh, the government. He does work in, uh, I suppose, law enforcement. I don't know if being a prison guard counts, is considered in law enforcement, but that's a technicality, whatever. It's something that we would never see Oliver do before, and I really love the way they're forcing him to push his own moral uh, boundaries. Uh, One little thing I didn't notice in the fight scene I think the first fight scene that Oliver had, there was a moment where I could instantly tell that that was not Stephen Amell. Like, it stood out to me clearly that it was a stunt double, this guy, he had a different body shape than Amell. I was shocked that I made it into the episode. But that little bit aside, I really loved Oliver's storyline and the fight scenes were great, especially when he fights uh, Stardust at the end. I know it's not Stardust, but
2: I can't remember his name in the show. Aha, uh-huh, see? Just said
0: it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we, we can call him Stardust. It's totally fine. Um, I'm totally with you on all, all the fight scenes in this episode. I think, uh, especially with Oliver, they were just... They're really making these prison fight scenes, like, brutal. Like, just... It, it's just... It's amazing to watch. And I love that at the beginning of the episode, we get the ending of the episode with Oliver, not not truly the ending. Wait, dude. Yes. No. Because the ending is him being transferred. But the moment where he's about to attack... Where he's the, stabbing the, the guards, yeah. Yeah, we, that's what we get at the <laughs> beginning of the episode, the 12 hours or, you know, before, present, whatever. Um, yeah. I thought that that was monumental for Oliver because we're seeing how far he has to go or how far he's willing to go. Uh, to to get Diaz and to get out of there. And he says it throughout the episode, you know, what I, what I do here is I, is what I'm doing for my family. So it's just really interesting, and I have a lot of questions about that because I don't know how long Oliver's going to be in here, but I feel like the more he presses forward, like, the longer he's going to stay in prison. So I'm just wondering, like, how the hell is he going to get out now? I, it's just, it's really, really cool. Um, does anyone else have anything to say about Oliver and the fight scenes um, in general, because right after this, I'm going to talk about uh, him and Turner specifically.
3: Just two comments. uh, Very bloody, which was awesome. And uh, just to echo about the the breaking of the arms, I mean, like, it looked like uh, one arm mm -hmm. was like broken multiple times. And the other one, it looked like it was just the shoulder that was dislocated. But man, like, Oh, it's just amazing. And because, well, at least anyone that follows pop culture knows that they have a sort of, uh, I would call it like a fake rivalry, kind of like uh, the way that I think of it is a more violent version of like Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon, you know, because you don't have Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon going into a wrestling wrestling rink and uh, duking it out. That
0: would be awesome if they did.
3: I know, right? But but yeah, because they've done like the, I don't know what he is. Because I know there's WWE and there's the WWF, maybe? They wrestle together, and and it's, like, a big thing and, like, a whole to-do. And, like, I think... Was it they wrestled first, and then he came on the show? Or was it he guested on the show, and then that's afterwards when um, uh, I, think ML... okay. I think they wrestled but first. Okay. I think they wrestled first. But they've had this whole thing, and it's like every year, and they throw shade at each other on social media. So, like, seeing him do that to him, it was just fantastic. It's almost like the icing on the cake, even though it's not real. But, like, you know, seeing him in the sling afterwards, I was like, yeah, he got you, you little bitch.
2: Well, then, yes, (laughs) like within the story of what was going on with Oliver in this episode, I do want to take a little bit of time to talk about um, the person he spends the most time with, aside from his little lackey Stanley that, you know, Jeffrey doesn't trust. Um, We we see I I keep forgetting the first name of Turner. Is it? I don't know why I want to say Brock, but I don't think it's Brock. It's something else, probably. But Bronze Tiger is pretty much coupled with Oliver in this episode. Um, He goes in and tries to kill him, and they fight in the cell. And he, you know, Oliver obviously beats him, and he has to take him prisoner, and you're going to get me in there. And uh, they they do have a small talk. And I remember I said that, or if you didn't remember, um, we thought – bronze tiger died in season three in that episode because they did plant those um explosives inside them with the suicide squad episode and we were well we were supposed to believe that bronze tiger died there and that was it but i guess they retconned that or they didn't show us too much so they can just kind of say oh well he got away but he tells oliver that he saved lila and he's like you know i guess we're not so different and it's just a little bit of a you know Uh, Just a little bit of, I guess, understanding there. And then also when he's watching Oliver fight, there's kind of like a sense of... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I feel like he might be an ally to Oliver, if not now, maybe later. I got that feeling throughout the episode as they bonded, as he was watching Oliver fight. And especially when he was watching Oliver walk away, you know, to be transferred. So, um... I don't know. I just had some feelings about that. Um... So I wanted to open that to the floor, if anyone has any thoughts on that, or they want to add something else, I just wanted to talk about that.
3: Well, I loved it, to be quite honest. Uh, Michael J. White is fantastic yeah, all the time. Yeah, I love yeah. Yeah, he's just yeah. awesome, like everywhere, he's just fantastic. And usually we're like, so used to see him fighting and that kind of stuff, and the epic mm-hmm. choreography and the martial arts and that kind of stuff, but he's I love it. He's a that... big
2: guy, but his fighting is great. Yeah.
3: And I love that they got uh, That we got the chance to see him In a a much more Dramatic role in this episode Like they gave him some really Great stuff to work with And uh, I loved his uh, back and forth With Oliver where he's like Oh, like you're judging me. Well, this is what I've done, and you know, and we're both in prison and that kind of stuff. like I like that moment for him. Not only did it give us a little bit of uh backstory and maybe continuity, whatever like the hiccup that we. We saw at least it sort of cleared it up. Uh, There was another moment earlier in the episode uh, where Lila references that mission as well. So I was like, okay, so this might be the episode where they clear it it up. And uh, it worked for me. I was fine with it. I don't mind a uh, mysterious death or it's something like no body no death exactly like an apparent death and then later on they clear it up so it sort of made sense at least for me and i'm usually the continuity police so they didn't get a ticket maybe a little citation but uh he got a moment to shine and i really really liked it it felt like they were setting oliver up like all the way so the reveal, once they got to the Fight Club, wasn't that surprising to me. But I like that they gave Michael Jai White a little bit more heft to his storyline. And uh, it um, was a success, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I And I thought when they said, uh, or when Brick was like, you know, you can fight our champion, I thought it was going to be him, but it ended up being the other guy. And I was like, man, that guy... He ain't shit. Oliver beat the crap out of him like real quickly, um, but it was still a more entertaining fight than we got the one than than any fight we ever had with Ricardo Diaz last season. I'm just saying, but um, anyone else have anything to add on that storyline, whether it be Oliver or Turner or Brick or anything before we move on to the next storyline?
4: Yeah, I'm kind of with you to a certain extent. I wonder whether they are setting up something uh, with Bronze Tiger uh, that he's going to be, you know, more significant than just a, uh, you know, a bad guy behind bars. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious that, you know, there is a sense that, uh, as you said, uh, you know, um, Oliver was being manipulated to get into the Fight Club situation. And it would be interesting to find out if, if all of this was a form of manipulation uh, going on uh, behind bars. But no, I thought it was it was well played. It's uh, good to see Bronze Tiger back, and and I would like them to do something more with him. I think he's an interesting character, and that exchange he had with uh, with Oliver talking about the fact that you know, well, you did what you did, and I did what I did, and now we're both in the same place behind bars. So, how did that make us that different? I thought that was a good point to bring out, and uh, that's another reason why I'd like to see more of him. I think he he does bring out uh, you know an interesting aspect of uh, of Oliver's choices, and especially you know early on in his career.
2: Yeah, and I think what's, what what makes it also really entertaining is that the first person to get at Oliver in the premiere is it, it's Turner. He's so, like, angry and bitchy, and I, just, I was like, oh, my God, is he just going to be that guy in prison that's going to bother him, or are they going to give him something more? Like, it kind of sounded to me that when he was talking about Brick being in control of everything, he didn't like that. And I feel like that might be a reason for him to want to join Oliver... You know, to get to, to, to defeat Brick or something. I don't know. I was, these are just like wild theories. But now that Oliver's being transferred, I don't know how much we're going to see of those three guys anymore. So, but I'm hoping. I, I like I like this prison arc. I like what they're doing. And so I'm up for anything at this point. Um, uh, anything else? Or we good to go? Okay, we're good to go. So, we're going to jump into, I would say, probably the bigger plot line of this episode. I mean, yes, it's Oliver in prison and his stuff was really great because, you know, we love Stephen Amell. But I feel like the biggest, like, the meat of the episode was definitely what the team was up to um, concerning Felicity, Renee, Watson, and Dinah. So, Felicity pretty much wasn't kidding when she said she was gonna go and find help elsewhere. We ended the last episode with her talking to Amanda, uh, or is it Amanda? No, not Amanda, Samantha, Samantha. or Samantha Watson, and uh, we pretty much pick up right there where Felicity's giving her speech, you know, trying to convince Watson to help her or not even help her to let Felicity join the FBI to help them find Diaz. And Felicity brings up so many good points uh, of why, you know, they should allow her to be in there. And Felicity is trying to do this the right way. She knows she needs help and the people that are, you know, targeting Diaz, they could use some help, they could, Felicity could help them, and Watson pretty much turns her down, but as we see, it gets, it, whatever Felicity said gets to Watson, so eventually, Felicity and Renee, a a team-up I had been waiting for since, like, I don't know, season, like, the, end of season five beginning of season six i've been wanting felicity and renee to form some kind of bond to have more scenes together i really love it when they do that with team arrow when they pair people up um and then i hated renee a lot in (laughs) season six but you know what i had my time of hating season six season seven is brand new and i just i'm just gonna enjoy what beth is bringing over here so i didn't mind felicity and renee teaming up in this episode they have they're on the same page and they want to take down Diaz, and they're just, they're done with it, so the two of them get a lead on that, they tell Watson again, again, they go to Watson, they give her the information, and this is where Dinah also joins in, and they all agree to take down Diaz, I just kind of love this, because Watson's going against her own rules to help them out here, and um, it's not just Diaz, though, it it's them versus Diaz and the longbow hunters. So fighting ensues. We get a couple of um, really great fight scenes between. I still don't remember the names of all the longbow hunters. Kodiak,
3: is... Red Dart,
2: darts and Silencer. And
3: Silencer, yeah.
2: Did Kodiak was the one I didn't. I didn't remember, but yeah, He's everyone... the pointy
3: Captain America.
2: Yeah, the Captain America. Yeah. Uh, the other ones are kind of like self-explanatory, but that one was just kind of like yeah. But I kind of love it. Everyone has someone to fight. And it's just really amazing. And there's that one shot that they have of Diaz putting in, you know, whatever. He's stealing the, the little tubes. And in Mira the background, Cooper, you just see everyone what? fighting. Yeah. Um, I have to say, seeing Watson take on Red Dart was really, really awesome. I really liked that they had her, you know, knowing how to fight, obviously. But I just thought that that was really, really awesome. And their plan... It could have worked. It could have. It, I wish it could have worked, but it was too easy. Um, and amidst all the fighting, everyone pretty much gets away with the exception of Silencer. When we get Felicity talking only to Renee and telling him we cannot let her escape, and we can only assume in that moment that Renee does get a hold of her, but she's missing or she quote unquote got away. Um, and unfortunately, I well, now I say unfortunately because I like Watson in this episode a lot. Um, she's not fired, but she is being transferred. So either or, or she's being demoted. I don't remember what it was, but
3: I would say both.
2: Would say, right. It would be both. But we get a moment of mutual respect between Watson and Felicity. Um, but is this the loss of Watson? Who knows? I really don't know. Um, but, uh, I'm not going to get into the ending with Diaz just yet. I just want to talk about the Felicity or the, or not the Felicity, I'm sorry. The, the, the mission and the fighting and, uh, Watson being like go or fired. So Jeff, this is for you first. What, what did you think of this entire story arc?
3: I thought it was really well done. I liked the pair-up as well. They were fun together. I liked that uh, Renee, after all the mess of last season, is the one that like wants to get the gang back together. I thought uh, the moments with him and Felicity alone were really good. And then I loved the moment uh, where uh, the four of them were at SCPD. I, th- I thought that was a really great moment as well. And then, of course, the whole uh, plan at the cdc i I thought the fight choreography was pretty good i love seeing samanda in action as well i did like that shot also of the fight in the background with diaz you know slowly selecting his little vials i was like really dude but that was fantastic uh there was a moment not to go all rohan but there was a moment when i noticed that it wasn't samanda fighting uh, which I thought was kind of funny, but, uh... I
0: noticed something similar with Renee.
3: Oh, okay. But, uh, it, it was still fantastic, nonetheless. I like that she could handle herself. She's, like, a bit of a brawler, which, uh, mm-hmm. I always think is awesome. I love when people sort of, like, use their, um, surroundings to, like, fight, you know, pick up a, uh, I don't know, a stapler and, like, throw it out of, like, you know, just, like, use yeah. your surroundings. I, I love that. And, um... I, you didn't really go into this, so I don't know if you want me to. So I'll just lightly touch it. I love the silencer effect so go much. Ahead, ahead. I just love that effect. I love that everything gets quiet and it's very um, muffly. I just, I love it. I love that effect so much. I'm sure you'll go into it a little bit later on maybe, but um, that was just no, awesome. No, you go ahead and. Talk about it. Right. Okay, but just that fight was awesome as well. And I love, love, love that effect. It's Just beautifully done. Um, yeah, so I, it was just a really great storyline for this episode. I also was disappointed that they didn't catch him, but we're still very, very early into the season. Um, and I'll and say he's a regular. Yeah. I know, he's a series regular now. Which doesn't necessarily mean he has to be in every episode. It just means that he has to be available when the writers need him to be available. But, especially after the ending, I'm like, oh, he's like a freaking... Um, roach! Cockroach! I know, not to steal a line that they're using a lot on Supergirl this season. Oh but, God, yeah. man, he's like a roach! He will, like, not... Die. Like, there will be a nuclear apocalypse, like, over on American Horror Story Apocalypse, and he's going to survive. Him and frickin' Michael Langdon will be ruling the <laughs> world, apparently. Uh, for those that watch American Horror please Story no. Apocalypse. if um, I don't even
2: know who that is, but please know. I know. CSP if you don't watch,
3: yeah. just know it's antichristical. But, uh, I'm like, damn it, man. But we'll get into that later on. Just, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. It was really good. And Red Dart... Yeah. I don't know what she's darting people. Like, I hope they explain it because I know she had like a little bit of a throwaway line like, "Ooh, these would be good for my red darts," but it's like, is it poison? Is it like a, a neurotoxin? Is it just like a little, uh, like a little prickety pick thing in your neck, you know? And and that's it. Absolutely. I know. Is it like a? Is it like a like a bee sting? Is it like a wasp sting? Or is it just you know an inconvenience? You know you have to avoid the the darts. I don't know. I hope they explain that. Clever name though. Your darts are red, so you're a red dart. I get it. That was sarcasm. I mean, if,
2: it, if, if if anyone wants to answer that question, they are free to. Cause uh, I'm opening it up to the floor. Does anyone else have anything to say? Um, About the fighting scenes or um, anything with Felicity and Watson? Or did you even like Watson in this episode? Um, Did you like the team kind of being back together, sort of, with working with Watson before I move on? Because I'm I'm, going to talk about Diaz next.
0: So you mentioned Watson. Uh, I hated Watson last season. Agreed. I thought she was super annoying. And, (laughs) yeah, I am, at least when it comes to Watson. And when they brought her last episode for the the little end tag, I groaned. I loved her in this episode. I thought she was finally not annoying, and she worked very well. Uh, and once again, I mentioned that this episode is titled "Crossing Lines." This plotline also had that it's about Felicity and Watson. Watson does not get approval to go after Diaz and longbow hunters so she uh, she uh, disobeys her boss's orders and she helps Felicity anyway it's all about uh, crossing those lines Felicity and Watson even have a little bit of a debate on it and I like I liked that debate it was a little it was a little quick but uh, that's I didn't really expect them to slow it down on Arrow. Generally, CW shows have very quick pacing, and especially they needed to actually get to the sequence. Uh, I also do want to talk about Silencer, because the fight scene with Dinah is very impressive to me, because, because of the lack of sound. There's very little sound, except for a few... Uh, like, when the punches connect or whatever, there's Maybe a little bit of a thud, but it's not what you would normally hear. And i got to give props to the sound designers because they were able to... Because you're able to feel every punch and kick, and it feels like everything is connecting. And it's impressive because a lot of times fight scenes, they rely more on sound than they do on visuals. I mean, just go on YouTube and search up almost any fight scene from a movie or TV show, and then mute it. It's going to feel very weird, and it's going to stop looking like a fight scene, and it's going to feel more like a dance. So the fact that they were able to have a fight scene that felt uh, like a fight scene while limiting the sound considerably is very impressive. So i got to give props to the stunt coordinator and the, the sound designers on that, or that little versus uh, versus Silencer fight scene.
2: I'm just gonna co-sign everything you said because I totally agree, and I like the way you said all of that. I I think Silencer is just gonna be like an MVP so far. Like in the past, what three two episodes that we've seen her, um, the fight scenes have been great, and I'm really wondering how they're gonna find a way to take her down. Like is it is it gonna be like tech wise, or is it gonna have to be Black Siren and Dinah, you know, taking this taking this chick down? Like I don't know, but I love it. Um, I think it's fantastic. But I want them to do more with the other two. Um, and I'm like you, Jeff. I want to know what the hell are in those darts, if anything. So we get a bit of Diaz in this episode. Not too much, which, you know, thank Christ. But anyway. It's just uh, enough. Yeah, he is getting his hands dirty. Like, he's not telling people to go and, like, get his stuff. Well, in some, in, you know, not at least not in this episode. He actually goes with them. And he gets what he needs, and he doesn't fight anybody in this episode like he did Diggle the other, the previous in the previous episode. But um, we get a little bit of snarkiness from him. But the real thing that we, um, the real substance that we get from Diaz in this episode is towards the end, where he's sitting in his little evil lair, which doesn't look like much, and he's doing his little evil monologue. Um, about how the, the pain that he felt when he hit the water and uh, his bone shattered and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he injects himself with the vial or the liquid in the vials that he stole. Did they talk about what was in there? I'm pretty sure they did, but I probably blocked it out. No, they um, didn't. I just said no, it's Mirakuru
3: because yeah, why not? Yeah, my guess
0: is that they're going to explain that it's something...
2: Derived of Mirakuru. Yeah, it could be like, what, another, a next level or like amped up version of Mirakuru. Um, Mirakuru, Yeah, exactly, something like that, because he shows, he, they, he shows a display of his power, um, which I don't know if that's a comic thing, that that he's just like, like, he's just like really strong, kind of like Brick, that they did what, what they did with him, like they didn't make him meta, but they made him really strong. So here, I really don't know if that's what, that's going to be just a Mirakuru thing or whatever, but they, they're they really trying to fix, or I don't, yeah, they're trying to fix Diaz, yeah, they're trying to make him really intimidating, now he's extra powerful. And, I don't know, I I, I just, I, I don't know. We already did this with Slade, and Slade was a better fighter, so I don't know what, what the hell's going on with Diaz here, but does, do you guys like what they're doing now? Do you think it's finally something good for Diaz because we're going to be intimidated by him or do you not care? Do you want him gone? I mean, what's going on here? And I'm I'm going to ask this specifically to, to Dan. I
5: think it's probably too early to tell You know what it's going to do overall for the character. I think they did probably need to do something to make him you know, a little more intimidating. I co-signed the idea that it's probably Mirakuru or some kind of Mirakuru derivative that the CDC's been working on to fight some super flu or something. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think they have to do something. And since he is a serious regular, you know, as Jeffrey said, that just means he has to kind of be there if he's going to show up intermittently. He needs to be kind of a threat intermittently. So, you know, increased strength and and pain resistance would kind of solve that, right, to some extent, because the longboat hunters, with the exception of Silence, are pretty forgettable and not particularly intimidating either. Um, but but the scene itself, it was was I, I mean forgettable. <laughs> I, I used that word twice in a row, but I it didn't do much other than suggest a super serum. I I don't know. Yeah, it didn't do much, man.
2: Yeah, me either. I mean Diaz is like I just saw that and I was like, really? Now he's gonna be twice as hard to kill? Really? That that's what was going through my head. Um, but I'm really wondering if this season for season seven are they going to follow the formula of season six are we going to have like half of the season be about diaz and then after him it's going to be something else like that's what i have to assume because at this point i don't know any other big bads and the name drop of the demon could just be like prison wise it doesn't mean that it's going to be you know a big bad thing for the rest of the season so i'm wondering what's gonna happen with Diaz here I mean I don't care if he's a series regular they could end it like when they ain't when they ended um what was his name from last year with the glasses uh I know the
0: actor was Michael Emerson but I can't remember his name
2: yeah because see they had half of like his arc like end, like what was it after the mid-season like a, like m- maybe a couple episodes after the mid-season finale so I'm wondering if that's what they're gonna do with with Diaz or like You know, I'm really hoping that's what it is. And if they're going to make the Longbow Hunters a little bit more intimidating. Because Oliver's um, arc in prison is to get more info on Diaz. Like, I thought Oliver was going to have to go through his own shit in prison. Have his own villain in there. But it's just going through the motions of all these crime lords or crime people to get info about Diaz. So, it's all about Diaz still. So... I'm wondering what they're going to do with that. Does anyone else have anything to say about Diaz before I move on to our last storyline?
0: Um, I think Diaz is going to get killed by the Longbow Hunters.
2: Ooh,
3: okay. Oh, and yes. I
0: think, I think that would be great for them because I think what they're doing with Diaz, it's too little too late. He was the main villain in Season 6. People didn't really care. I don't think they... Care still, even though now he's powerful. I don't really think anybody cares, and I think we can. Most of us can agree that the introduction of the longbow hunters was—it uh, didn't live up to the hype. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't. We weren't like, "Oh my god, it's longbow hunters!" And look at how awesome we awesome they are. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but that's what I got from last uh, last week's discussion
3: yes so, they I think still suck the
0: long- yeah, but i think <laughs> that if the longbow hunters would kill diaz now especially with his powers i think that could if done well that could make us appreciate the longbow hunters more
3: yes shovel red a really dart dart good in idea. His brain sorry uh I, I think it's
4: it's good because you know diaz was presented as you know the really Big Bad last season because of his connections and his money his power. He doesn't have any of that anymore. So, you know, if they're just, you know, giving him, you know, super soldier strength to make him a a credible foe uh, this season, then it's like, well, yeah, we beat you last time when you had all these resources, and, you know, you don't seem that threatening. But if they sort of set him up as, you know, a credible threat now, and then the Longbow Hunters kill him, that makes them uh, a much more serious threat. So I think that could be a really good way to go, and it would get rid of Diaz. So I'd immediately be a fan of Longbow Hunters
2: damn the shade from professor x there but it's but we all agree cuz ricardo diaz is ridiculous i'm done with him but i hope now i'm hoping that that is the thing oh my god now i'm going to be sad if that doesn't happen um because i don't see how they can keep this season interesting with those with with these villains if you know they don't showcase why they're a force to be reckoned with aside from i would say silencer who's done a really great job and i kind of, but i also kind of love this because it's the team without oliver and we can see how that's a really like why he's instrumental to team arrow i'm not saying that they would already be done with them if oliver was still there but i kind of love how they have to figure this out without him and it's proving to be a really big challenge and i just kind of love all of that so i don't think I have much to say about this uh, storyline because it was didn't take up too much of the episode but it was um, interesting and I only say that because if they're going to continue the Argus thing with like Diggle working there and you know working close with Lila if we're going to get more of the actress and Curtis having his job there if this storyline has to do with the rest of the season like they're going to um intertwine that with like a really low c plot for the season I'm okay with this and I'll start to pay attention more but if this is like a one-off then I don't really care about it but I did like the Diggle and Lila so they're giving them a little bit more of the, uh, of what Felicity and Oliver had last season, with working together and being married and secrets and or what or no secrets, you know, being totally open. And I'm glad that they resolved that quickly in the episode. Uh, Diggle wasn't as judgmental. He was questioning stuff, but he wasn't as judgmental. And at the end, he's like, you know what? Just tell me, and you know, we'll be okay. So I don't know. Those are my questions about what's going on. I. All I remember from, the, from uh, this plotline is just the three of them, Diggle, Lila, and Kurt, is going undercover to retrieve something, and it almost goes wrong, but they actually got everything. But what actually ends up happening is Lila makes a copy of it and gives it to somebody she wasn't supposed to, and she doesn't go into too much detail even after Diggle confronts her. She just says that with being the head of Argus, she sees more evil than more than most uh people do or that more there's more evil than you think there is and that you have to you know maybe cross a line or two for the greater good and um that's pretty much what happens with them and you know Diggle kind of gets on the same page with her and is like you know what like I support you and you know just clue me in and we'll be good so I don't know if this is a one-off episode just to tell us what Lila's been doing or if this is gonna stretch out to the rest of the season and maybe tie in with everyone else or maybe it'll just be something else for Diggle and Lila I don't know but I hope it's the latter I would like to think that they're going somewhere with the Argus stuff other than it just being Diggle's job and an accessory to Team Arrow but that's just me Um, this is open to the floor for anyone that wants to you know talk about this plotline if you liked it Uh, if you have any theories about it, or if you didn't like it, anything.
4: Uh, My gut feeling is there's more coming to this, that this was not a one-off. And, you know, John basically saying, you know, uh, it's okay as long as you're open with me. Well, who's saying she will be open with him? She, you know, kept this away from him at the beginning to assume that she's suddenly going to change. Uh, You know, maybe a a rash assumption on his part. But I I do think if they're going to introduce something like this... Uh, there's got to be a payoff to it. It, Mm -hmm. This can't be a one-off. This has to be, you know, a continuing thing. Now that that John is suspicious, he'll start seeing more things to worry about, and we'll start to see that Lila is doing things that might be considered, you know, questionable. Although it's interesting when you're watching a a TV show whose whole basis is, you know, vigilantism. um, How can you feel, you know, how can you be terribly judgy about uh, Lila cutting corners unless we find out she's, you know, really doing something overtly evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think that could be, like, an interesting thing to bring out, you know, the... uh, because uh, we know Lila, we like Lila, she's she's a great character, mm-hmm. she's uh, a good ally, she's a good wife, a good mother, uh, you know, she's uh, she's been great throughout the run of it. Um, to find out now that she is perhaps a little more morally compromised uh, will be interesting. And I think it gives us something to play with. It gives us more reasons to spend time at Argus, which not only gives us more John, but also gives us it's the only way we're going to get our daily dose of Curtis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's definitely going to be more coming with this, and I think they're going to have to deal with uh, these sort of consequences uh, as she's, you know, cutting corners and doing things that aren't strictly by the books, but, you know, isn't that what Arrow's been doing for seven seasons now?
2: Oh, that's totally true, and I think um, usually when they have Diggle involved with Argus, something always happens that he doesn't like when it comes to Argus. Like, there's always, um, especially with who's ever running Argus, they're always doing some shady shit. And he's already, you know, got into it with Lila about this stuff. So I'm wondering, are they going to follow that same route or are they going to do a different thing where they're actually going to work together and he's going to help her? Um, and I hope it's the latter because that's the point of, um, you know, these shows where you're supposed to evolve together or you're going to, you know, grow apart. It's one or the other. And I'm hoping that they're going to grow together here. But I'm really... I I think I'm with you, Professor It has to be... There has to be more. And I really hope so because I love Lila. I love the actress. And I want them to give Diggle something to do other than, you know, just be Oliver's brother or take up the green arrow mantle, you know, or be Papa Diggle. Um, I kind of want more for him. So... Anyone else have anything to say about Diggle and Lila or even Curtis or Argus?
3: I felt like this storyline was a little bit repetitive because I feel like we've done this before whether it's Diggle hiding something now it's Lila hiding something and if you think about it just because he works there and they're married She doesn't have to tell him everything. Like, she's the director. Like, she doesn't need to tell him everything. Like, he might not have clearance to know this stuff. So I felt like the storyline was a little weak, unfortunately. It felt like they just needed them to do something to fill time. Because we didn't see the future. So, uh there was that. That's true. I was sad about that. Yeah, and in the press release it was like Curtis goes undercover. Like I thought it was going to be a Curtis storyline, but it wasn't. (laughs) So there was that, I guess. Um, Unless, you know, uh, him going out and buying uh, what was it, Swiss chocolate? Uh, Maybe that was him going undercover. But yeah, the storyline left me like, I was like, okay. Yeah, underwhelmed i I wasn't that impressed with it. I do like Diggle and Lila together, but uh, him sort of like picking at her over like, what are you doing? unless it is setting up something bigger, which maybe you and the professor are right, then uh, this storyline means something other than that. it was really a forgettable storyline, unfortunately, you know, for three characters that are usually doing the damn thing during an episode
2: yeah, I think. I mean, I love Dyla, and I love all the, like, scenes together, but the only thing I really liked uh, a lot was, you know, not only, like, the the very end where they, you know, they're on the same page, but the beginning where we get Diggle inter- interrogating somebody, and it's his son about eating the cookies, and then she gets him to confess in a couple seconds, and, you know, Diggle makes a remark about that, and I just thought that was adorable. That was great. That's kind of the stuff I want to see. More than a whole storyline for him. But if this is leading to something, as uh, Professor X was the first to point out, um, then bring it on. But give me something good. Give me something interesting. Because I'm not going to lie. I miss my OTA. I miss Diggle backing up Felicity. And I feel kind of sad that it's not him doing that right now. That he's just strictly on Argus. And it's Renee that's helping Felicity. I'm kind of sad about that. I was hoping you know diggle would do anything to help get his friend out of there so i that's just my personal gripe that's that's the john diggle i remember more than him putting argus first but that's just me um but um anything else guys from the i mean from diggle's uh story or anything else from the episode that you might want to mention comment on before we move on to mvp
0: Uh, I just want to say, was it just me or did Diggle's son grow up significantly? Because I feel like last time we saw him, he was really little. Yeah,
3: he's on that Mirakuru.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's supposed to be like four or five if we're going to really go by it. I don't remember if we've had a really big time jump in years. I know we only do months. But if we're gonna stick with the regular timeline, he was born on the first episode of season three. So and then okay. we're season seven. Yeah. So, okay. so he should be four. He should be about four. Um, unless we had a year to time jump um, between season three and seven and I don't remember if we have. I don't think so. I think it's been like a yearly thing. So he yeah. should be four, but if they aged okay. him up like like a couple, you know, that I mean that's I guess it's not too bad, but yeah, I agree. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, it's a little boy there. He's pretty grown up, so there you go.
3: I know, right? Um, and so they like... didn't even give him a line. Like, yeah. I I think, if I'm not mistaken, if you actually have to read a line, you get paid a little bit more if you're in a scene yeah so he was basically like a glorified walk-on like they didn't even give him like yeah you know i ate the cookies like that one little line would have given him some money some a little bit more money i'm like give that child a line damn it
2: (laughs) (laughs) well he was adorable just being there so
0: yeah uh i do follow david ramsey on social media and i could be wrong about this but i think that might be his real son because he posts pictures and I was like, that looks a lot like him. Oh, that but huh. I tried to Google it. I couldn't find, it. I couldn't get like confirmation. But it, it looked a lot like his real son.
2: Oh, wow. We'll I'll have to look into that and bring it up again if uh, we see JJ again throughout the season. Um, anything else, guys, before we move into MVP?
4: Uh, were we going to mention the uh, reveal of Silencer and?
2: Uh... Oh yeah, I don't know why. Wow, why didn't I say that at the end? Yeah, um, I guess to re- wait. Like, wait, what? What reveal that they captured her? They, they captured her and kept that
4: hidden from Samanda. If they'd revealed that to Samanda, she would have kept her job. So basically, oh, yeah. that was uh, Felicity. Uh, You know, uh, manipulating Samantha and leaving her hanging out to dry and, you know, uh, losing her job and having to go to Washington to push paper behind a desk because, uh, you know, Felicity's insisting on playing things her way, which I thought was, you know, an interesting character development for Felicity who had played it, you know, so uh, so friendly to Samantha. But when the chips were down, she's, uh, no, she's doing it her way. And you sort of got, even from Renee, the sense that, you know, are you sure we're doing this the right way?
2: Oh, yeah, and I love it because it parallels to what Oliver's doing in prison. You know, we have, I, I mean, I know Stanley's not that close, but he's also questioning Oliver, like, are you sure you're doing the right thing? Are you sure? And Oliver's like, I'm doing this for my family. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I need to do this. So I kind of like that they're paralleling, you know, the wife and the husband of what they're doing. Although, when we look at Felicity, we're kind of like, damn, you know, she she's supposed to be the pure one, the one with light, but we know that that's not Felicity anymore, especially what's happened um what was it? I, I'm pretty sure in season five when she goes through her, through her own arc of um, keeping secrets from the team and doing things her way to catch um, Prometheus. And, you know, she even gets into it with Oliver a little bit. And, you know, I feel like we're going down that same path, but it's still coming from a pure place. But Oliver is doing the same thing. So I'm wondering how much this is going to change them? I don't know. I just thought that that was really really cool i don't think i mentioned the 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 reveal that they took her but i did say that uh felicity gave renee the orders to uh to capture silencer so that's gonna be interesting what they're gonna do with her like are they just gonna keep her there and interrogate her or are they gonna turn her in because diana doesn't know either i i'm interested to see what they're gonna do with this anyone else have something to say about that Alrighty then ended on a good cliffhanger in that aspect so i can't wait to see what they're going to do with that um but okay guys it's time to talk about our mvps our most valuable players which character impressed you the most and why the rules are simple say which character impressed you throughout the episode and why and if someone has already mentioned the character you're going to choose you must select a different one dan you, you can go first who is your mvp of this episode and why I'm going to go with
5: Oliver Queen, uh, mostly because that was the only storyline that I uh, found even a little bit interesting, and he managed to do a lot with a little again. Um, and he just kind of continues to impress, even when he's not doing the fighting stuff, just the introspective stuff and kind of being stuck in that cell and, uh, you know, emoting his way to, uh, to character development. I, I, it continues to impress me.
2: You took my number two. I'm angry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, good choice. Alright, next. Jeff, you can go next. Who is your MVP?
3: Nice. I didn't think I was going to go this early. Okay. Okay. And I had two options. I I know. I know
2: who you're picking. I totally know. Really? Yes.
3: Okay, say it. No. (laughs) <laughs> okay, no cuz you might you were going to help me out of the two that I was that I'm going back and forth in my mind. Um okay, if, if the other one doesn't get picked, I'll just give a little shout out when I rate the episode. I am going to go with Bronze Tiger. Oh, okay. Okay, so I went with the opposite one. I, okay, now I feel like I know who you think I'm going to say. Mhm. This is weird. We're having a conversation in our heads and no one else can hear it. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with bronze tiger. I just love what Michael Jai White did in this episode. I gave him the MVP for episode one, but it was really because there wasn't anybody else. And and the storyline was so focused on, um, like a small group of characters. And I I think I was picked next to last that time. So (laughs) there were really no other options, but this time I'm actually going to say it in a, in a truly justifying kind of way. I just love the material that they gave Michael J. White, the fight sequence, and then the more emotional heft that they gave him later on. I, I just like it. A lot. Uh, I like him. I like his interplay with uh, Stephen Amel. I'm glad that they brought him back. And I do hope, like uh, Professor X stated earlier in the podcast, I hope that they're setting him up for something else besides uh, this. Like, I hope we see more of him throughout this. Uh... Can they afford
2: more of him? Is I know. There is that.
3: <laughs> But uh, hopefully we can see a little bit more of him in this prison storyline at least, and maybe even outside of the prison.
2: I completely agree with you, and I'm really shocked at who you picked, but then again, I should have seen it coming because you talked a lot about him and you praised him just as much as I did, so... Alright then, Uh, Rohan, you're next. Who is your MVP and why? Um, I'm allowed a little cheat here,
0: because I... I kind of want to go with Patrick Bryan, who is the editor of this episode.
2: Um, okay, go for it.
0: Okay. Well, so I thought this episode was edited very well. Uh, I had mentioned that the fight earlier with uh, Dinah and Silencer, and specifically I think the editing where it really stood out to me, uh, or good editing, was at the very beginning when... You see Oliver, you see the close-up of his face, and then uh, the the shank, and you see the guard, but you don't really know where it is until the end. I thought that whole thing, both at the very beginning and towards the end of the episode, were edited very fantastically. They had a certain style that we haven't seen in Arrow or even in the other uh, CW shows. So I gotta give it to him. I thought this episode was edited fantastically. Another good example was with the Diggle and its son. The way that the... The way that it... If if the editing wasn't as crisp in that moment, that joke would have fallen completely flat. But instead, it worked very well, and I personally laughed when it happened. So it's gotta be Patrick Bryan for me.
2: All right then, uh, that's the first that we ever had. so congratulations and uh, yeah, that's, all right then Professor X here next, who is your MVP in Hawaii?
4: Well, I'm pleasantly surprised to find uh, one of my MVP Vexes is still on the board. Felicity. Um, you know, we're seeing, you know we've we've seen glimpses of you know the uh, the darker, more committed, uh, you know, nastier uh, felicity in the past. Uh, it does seem that, you know, uh, she's going down this route, uh, you know, she basically, you know, kind of manipulated Samanda, uh, and then, uh, you know, didn't tell Samanda that they would captured uh, Silencer, and, you know, what are they going to do with Silencer now, how far is she willing to go uh, to protect her family and, uh, uh, and get revenge uh, on Diaz. Uh, I think that's gonna be very interesting uh, to look at, because this, uh, this episode clearly showed that, you know, she's crossing some lines. Uh, And how far she's willing to go is, uh, you know, a question that I'm sure will be addressed in coming episodes.
2: Yeah, with her having nothing to lose, I kind of love, you know, the route that she's going. And I I know I've been one to say for Alicity and, you know, the couple how for Oliver at the beginning of the the seasons of Arrow, like, Felicity was like a, a source of light for him. And then in season five, when she went rogue, he was an inspiration to her to come back and, you know, be who she is instead of keeping secrets. So now who is her light right now when she has nobody when she had to send away her son and her husband's in prison. I kind of just like love that. Like is she gonna be lost in this or is she just crossing some lines? I don't know, but great choice, Professor X, I like that explanation. Um I guess I'm 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 gonna have to go with my wow, nobody chose my number one. Um, I thought it would be you, Jeff, but okay, I'm gonna go with Watson.
3: Yes, um,
2: yeah, she was I the mean, one that
3: I was going back and forth with.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know who said. I think it was Rohan that said it that he was that you were annoyed with her, you know, all last season. I think most of us would agree with you there. Like she was super annoying, but in this episode, like she they humanized her a lot. I mean, at the beginning of the episode, I was getting annoyed already because she wasn't. You know responding to Felicity she didn't you know write out tell her she wanted to help her she just kind of brushed her off but I like that it did bug her especially because Felicity bugged the office when we got to see that and she is concerned with it like she still believes in the law but she knows that maybe you have to do you know a little bit of unlawful things just to get a result. And I really like that she does that. And then she also tells Felicity, you know, we tried and uh, don't worry about it. And, I, you know, this what's happening to you. You don't deserve it. Like, it just, it humanized her so much in this episode. And I really enjoyed her. And like Felicity said, I'm kind of sad to see her go now. Because we were getting a Watson that I've always wanted. Or I didn't know I even wanted. I didn't even know we would even have the privilege of having her being written this way so I'm kind of sad she's leaving if she comes back and she's this way that's great but if this was her last episode I think they 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 did well by her they did they, they wrote her well so Watson for me um okay guys lastly it's just to break the episode how would you break this episode on a scale of one to ten arrows the point system is allowed and of course if you found it exceptional you may grant it a golden arrow Okay, guys, I would say I'm going to go in reverse, but I don't even remember how I did that. This tends to be a thing, so I'm going to go at random. So, Jeffrey, go first. How would you rate this episode?
3: I'm going to give it a solid 8. I thought it was a fine episode. It was good. It wasn't uh, spectacular. I liked the prison stuff. I loved the uh, Felicity adventure Um Even though I'm not really caring for Diaz. uh, I mean, it was a nice cliffhanger just because if he is going to stick around, they do have to toughen him up, uh, make him stronger and that kind of stuff. So it made sense. So I was fine with that. The Diggle Lila stuff was a bit much. Uh, I felt like that was a little bit of a recycle type of thing, except in the inverse. It just feels like they've done something like this with... um, diggle and lila where it was like diggle yeah it was it was diggle keeping the secret and it was lila it was about him being the green arrow right like that was the storyline so it was a similar storyline that we've seen before so i I didn't feel like we necessarily needed to see it unless it does set something up uh, in the future everything else was fine i mean it was a decent episode and a solid eight for me
2: Alrighty then, Professor X, how would you rate this episode?
4: I'd give it a seven and a half. It was an okay episode. Um, You know, I can't imagine myself ever wanting to watch it again, so I don't think it was a particularly spectacular episode. Um, If it turns out that, you know, the the Lila stuff, uh, you know, has a much more significant arc uh, or anything like that, you know, I wouldn't mind going back and revisiting it. But just for watching it at the time, it was like, yeah, that was okay. That TV show happened. But it didn't leave me with a, a great sense of anything at the end of it.
2: Okay. We got an 8 and we got a 7. Are we going to follow the pattern? 7.5. Go... Oh, 7.5. Excuse me. 7.5. Um, Dan, how would you rate this episode?
5: Well, since I... Th- really, for me, only two of the three story arcs worked. And it was kind of a filler episode. It's the exception of a few important details. So it gets a two thirds. I'll give it a six point five. Round down a little bit.
2: Wow, our critic over here, a six, our first six of the season. All right then. Um Okay, I'll go next. I'm going to have to agree with Jeff over here. I'm gonna give it an eight out of ten. Um Not as good as last week's, but still pretty okay. I found myself liking Watson, which I thought was a really big thing. I didn't care too much about the Diggle Lila storyline, but I did like the Diggle and Lila scenes, so that's something. And obviously, I'm enjoying Oliver and the prison arc and everything that comes with that. Although this episode, it wasn't as exciting as like the premiere, but the fighting or the choreography was so good, and I'm really liking... The prison fight scene music—it is just—it's so epic and it's great. And him breaking the arms of um, Stardust was just, just fantastic. So, eight out of ten for me. Rohan, your last—how would you rate this episode?
0: So overall, I was very positive on this episode. I did, I did not talk about the Diggle Lada scene, but I really did not like their their storyline. I. I'm not even kidding you about this. I literally forgot what happened in that storyline after the episode ended. I was after the episode ended, I started making my notes, and I just could not remember what the storyline was. I remember a scene with a painting, and that—that that is it. And Diaz. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, that just really—that was amazing. Yeah. I remember a scene it, with a painting.
0: Yeah. And that's literally... I don't remember why they were there with the painting. I don't remember any of that. All I remember is that they had the painting and Yeah. Uh, the DS stuff, I don't care. Uh, Longbow Hunters, once again, they didn't impress me. The Sanser fight was cool, though, I will give them that. And because I didn't like one of the storylines, I was ready to give this episode a 6. But I thought the scene with Oliver, at the end, when he fights uh, Stardust, and when he climbs up and then stabs the guards, I thought that scene was so good, that it bumped, that scene bumped the episode up two points for me,
2: and I'm giving it an eight. Damn, son. What? Awesome. He leapt that up like a... Oliver. That's pretty much. I mean, yeah. Okay, then. Not too bad. So, um okay that was like what three eights and then a six and we got a seven no okay, six point episode... five I'm five. forgetting the point Dan fives, is I'm very
3: so very picky
2: yeah that's true that's true I right, know Dan it. is now
3: <laughs> Dan is now the Rohan
2: it's crazy Uh-oh.
0: That's good. Yeah, I was, thinking, that's a good thing I was to make. like, oh, I'm not gonna be the
2: lowest score this time. <laughs> I kinda love it when you guys are unpredictable, so this is gonna be a fun season for sure. Um but that's it guys. Join us next time for a brand new installment of the Star City Report. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
6: Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Star City Report. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com/poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for the Star City Report and subscribe. Thanks,
2: announcer. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a good night. Good night. Good night,
5: Star City.
3: Good night, Star City. And slap side.
2: Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Star City Report every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chill Radio archives. Good night.